Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.fan. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Bader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Oh yeah, it's week nine, everybody. Welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already done so, subscribe. That way you get notified when we have new content available. Or just remember, you know, we're live Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern. You can also check us out live on bellyup.tv. If you miss an episode, don't worry about it. Just download the Foxy Network app on your LG, Samsung, Roku, or L- or Amazon Fire TV devices. Look for the Belly Up Sports TV category. All of our episodes are there. And all of our episodes are available on your podcast app, too, wherever you like to listen. And give us a five-star review because that greatly helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and I'm joined here with my Wednesday co-host, Danielle Dubois. How are you doing, Danielle? 
I'm good. How are you doing? I am great. I am great because we're looking ahead, but we're not just looking ahead, right? We got the weekly preview, the first half preview. We do this every Wednesday. We're looking ahead at week nine. We got six regular season games left before the fantasy football playoffs. We are in the latter half of the season. This is do or die time, baby. This is where you start making all the moves that you can need to consolidate your team or your last second rushes to make that last playoff spot. This is where the action happens. We had the NFL trade deadline on Tuesday, and I don't know about you, but that seemed to have a similar effect on my fantasy football leagues. There's a lot more trading getting done, even though our deadlines, for the most part, aren't here until week 12 or so. But just the fever of trade and all that going on got everybody loose and ready for some action and uh, had a couple of good ones. I think you did, too. Oh, yeah. I just made an offer right before coming out of the show. (laughs) So it's time to get action. Keep that in mind. Look, if you're in a league and you're like, look, everybody's all got the trade fever, maybe it's time to look and try to take advantage to see what you can do. First half of the season, you're getting through the bye weeks, and this is a heavy one. We got six teams on bye this week. This is where a lot of the attrition comes in, that first half of the season. Who's got the most depth? Who can account for injuries? Latter half, if you're set up for playoff time, This is where you start to consolidate your rosters, start handcuffing yourself, find ways to upgrade. Maybe you got two decent players, try to get a better one for somebody who needs a little bit more depth because they're trying to manage the bye weeks, whatever the case may be. It depends on where you are, but these are the type of the things you start to think about when we get into this part of the season. Just little words of wisdom for fantasy strategy. Daniel, you have any words of wisdom for fantasy strategy for people out there? When it looks really bad and do you have a player who's really awful one week, don't give up on them after one week. I know so many people who immediately try to like put them on the chopping block and don't do that because one bad week does not mean everything. Now, if it's constant, then you can try to figure out dropping him and getting a new player instead. But a lot of people are way too quick to judge. So like take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. That's fantastic advice, and we that's where buy low and sell highs come from, and I actually have quite a few notes on the players we're going to talk about tonight that fall into those categories, so buckle your seatbelts, because here we go. Let's kick it off with the injury inquiries. Injury inquiries. Oh. 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 Should probably kick off by saying, yes, Brian Scott's not with us here tonight, because he's doing a lot more important things than talking about fantasy football. He's operating on people and surgery. So thank you, Brian, for doing that. He'll be back here tomorrow night. Don't you worry. So we're just going to go through their news on the latest updates of these players. And the first name is a big one. It's Keenan Allen. So not practicing today after the bye week. We're hopeful he'd be back in healthy. Finally, though, at least we got some comments from both he and Brandon Staley to give us some context as to what in the hell is going on so apparently not during the game from two weeks ago but last week while they're on their bye and he was trying to continue to rehab and get ready to go by week nine they didn't want to call the setback but it sounded like he had a setback during that week what he called is they well i don't think i restrained it but i think it's some scar tissue trying to knock off it and basically a long way of saying he's not healed That's why he's not practicing today. If you're not practicing coming off of a bye week, I wouldn't expect Keenan Allen to play this week. I know the question in everybody's mind is like, well, when the hell can we expect him to come on? That's an answer. I don't think Brian Scott would be able to tell you for sure. But what we do know is that they're trying their best to get him going, and he's too good to drop. Unfortunately, though, because he hasn't played all but two quarters this season, you're not really going to be able to trade him either. This is why 
Josh Palmer was my number one waiver wire pickup on the Tuesday night show. Not only is Mike Williams out, but Josh Palmer will fill in for Keenan Allen too. So instead of waiting till the end of the show to talk about those guys or during the show, I should say not the end, but uh, Danielle, when you're looking at the Keenan Allen situation, what's your value on a Josh Palmer heading into this week? Pretty high. And I actually, part of the trade that I just ha- was a part of before coming on the show was getting Josh Palmer, which I feel like is so valuable because the Chargers, they ha- don't have a bad offense. On paper, they should have an incredible offense. Obviously, Keenan Allen getting hurt did definitely hurt them and their offensive um plays this year but Josh Palmer is a great backup option if Keenan Allen is not available he will most likely get around 13 14 points which is pretty valuable as like a flex player or wide receiver three if you have a wide receiver who's on a bye week especially since there are six teams on a bye week this week I think he is a good fill-in player and honestly with Keenan Allen being questionable and most likely not going to play he will be that number one option for Herbert yeah, coming into this game, I have him, without Keenan Allen playing, I have him projected at about 11 points uh, for half-point PPR, about 14 for full-point PPR. Some people have been really disappointed by Josh Palmer because he didn't explode when he had the opportunities earlier on the year. And yeah, there was a couple of dud games. There was also a couple of weeks where he filled in real nicely as a wide receiver three. Is he going to be the dynamic talent we were hoping he might be getting the opportunity? No, but is he a fine spot start filling and one that likely at least for the next four to six weeks will be so absolutely and it protects you against guys with Keenan Allen stuff like that so Josh Palmer technically I don't I don't know if he cleared the concussion protocol or not but he was a full participant in practice today so they are expecting him to be able to go in his own right sticking with the Chargers real quick and talking about Mike Williams so four to six weeks that was the timeline that came out they did not put him on the IR in hopes that he would be back closer to that four-week mark. And one thing you got to remember with the IR is that you have to miss four games. It's not four weeks. You have to miss four games. So they had the bye week last week. They put him on the IR. That would not have counted towards his week. So the hope is that it's close to that four-week mark rather than the four-game mark, which is why they decided to keep him off the IR. It's why the Cincinnati Bengals are trying to keep Jamar Chase off the IR because they have a bye week in week 11. So something to kind of just keep in mind there for how this is going to work out. Again, Josh Palmer, one way or another, is going to be a valuable asset for that. So let's talk more, and I don't have a, a definitive timeline or an update on that. Anyway, let's talk more about the Atlanta Falcons. So Cordell Patterson... We're not going to get official updates for him because he is on the IR, technically speaking, right now. But he did come back to practice today. And the narrative out of the Falcons this whole time was that he was going to get this minor knee surgery and that when he came back off of IR in four weeks, he was going to be close to 100% healthy and good to go. They can't give an official label, but everybody who covered the team pretty much said, he practiced in full today. So if Cordell Patterson is back this week, as I am expecting and projecting as of this moment, Daniel, what do you think this does to the Atlanta backfield? Who are you favoring going into week nine? Going into the week, I think I will still most likely favor the Chargers while they are banged up. It is against the Falcons overall. They have the worst passing defense in the league, so it should be pretty easy for Herbert to make a connection with Palmer and get those yards, get multiple touchdowns, hopefully down the field against that awful defense. And adding to that backfield with Cordell Patterson is huge for the Falcons because without it, they do look 
kind of helpless at times. I mean, they did have a pretty good game this past week, and it was actually way better than I think most of the NFL games this past Sunday. But um, I think Cordell Patterson is one of the key, key aspects of the Falcons' offense, and him coming back could mean maybe two or three touchdowns for him. I don't know. He has a lot of potential <laughs> to carry the offense, but it's also the Atlanta Falcons, so I can't really have too high of hopes for them. So, yeah, look, in my opinion, what would happen is Cordell Patterson comes back. I do think he would be the starter. Now, we know that even when he was playing earlier on the year, he wasn't the main guy. They still had a committee going on. I do believe this just gets consolidated to Algier and Patterson. Caleb Huntley is no longer a thing. Maybe Avery Williams is doing his annoying, like, third down long. Sometimes he comes in for absolutely no reason whatsoever thing. But whatever's going on there. Ultimately, I would expect at minimum a 50-50 split in carries between Algier and Patterson, maybe favoring Patterson a little bit more if he is 100% healthy. The fact of the matter is this. I'm going to be firing up Patterson at least as a low-end RB2 in a smash matchup against the Los Angeles Chargers this week, and I'm feeling pretty good about his chances to play. We also got to go into, throw the ball. We know that. <laughs> yes. Doesn't matter how that. much it is. Arthur Smith thinks he still has Derrick Henry back there and doesn't have to throw the ball when they're down three touchdowns. Uh, another backfield that we're trying to get cleared up here is Carolina. So Dr. Foreman's been absolutely fantastic with Chuba Hubbard out of the way. But now Hubbard's back. He practiced a limited fashion today. A foreman actually didn't practice, but they just called it a rest day, and he wasn't actually listed with an injury. We'll be He should be back in full tomorrow. Assuming Chuba Hubbard is good enough to play this week and actually does return, uh, Danielle, I'd love to hear your thoughts about how you think this rotation will break down this Sunday. I... I really have kind of split between how they're going to go between the two. I feel like they've always had a pretty good split and they've both been really great for the Panthers. I mean, Foreman most likely can get like around 10 points for you. with looking like, I think Hubbard probably a little bit higher with about 14, 15 is projected, but it, I mean, the Bengals is kind of a tough matchup for them. Obviously, they're coming off of a pretty bad loss. So I wouldn't expect too high of numbers, but they are good backups or fill-ins for the running backs that you don't have. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's proved that I mean, to this point. If nothing else, that offensive line can certainly run block because Foreman and Chuba Hubbard came in for Christian McCaffrey and you know, Foreman was productive both games, and even Hubbard, before he got injured in the first three quarters against Tampa Bay, was pretty productive in his own right. What we're looking at here is Foreman, while he did get two-minute drill, he still wasn't really involved in third and longs, wasn't getting the targets. So I do expect Hubbard to come in if he's active and lead the way in the passing game. The question more so, in my opinion, is about, okay, what's the rotation with the carries? It's hard for me to imagine, and I talked about this in a Sunday Funday recap, with how well Foreman just played and how well he played against Tampa Bay when Hubbard did go down, it's hard for me to imagine he's not going to lead this backfield in carries unless Carolina is just enamored with the idea of seeing what they have in Hubbard. That would be the only explanation for it. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think what we're going to see is a 60-40, maybe 65-35 split in favor of Foreman with Hubbard taking over some of the receiving work. And therefore, I have Foreman a little bit more valuable heading into this week. But with both of them active, 
Neither one really is in my Lockman top 20 range. It's more of a high-end RB3, maybe if one scores. We're talking about a top 24 guy on the week. Mostly flex plays, though, against Cincinnati Bengals, which is a tough defense. They did have some injuries, but mostly to their secondary on that Monday night game. So keep that in mind, too. Uh, we move on to Jamar Chase. So there is a bit of a news update with Jamar Chase. No, he didn't come back to practice. Don't get too excited. What we did find out, though, is that they don't want to move him to IR, as I kind of alluded to, and why that is. They have the bye week in week 11. What that tells me from what you know, Zach Taylor and everybody else has kind of been saying along the lines, the company lines, and it's been more about they feel like he really will be back to 100% with this hip issue in four weeks. So they don't want to waste a game because he might be back before you know that fifth week, which you'd have to miss because of the bye week. He has to miss four games. So that's good news. That means if that tracks, Jamar Chase should be back in lineups by at least week 13. So if you're trying to track this out and you know figure out, okay, am I going to have Chase for the playoff run? I say there's a pretty good chance. There's a pretty good chance that we're going to have Chase for the playoff run here. So that's the good news there. Maybe you're trying to trade for him. Maybe you weren't sure if you should trade him away. That's the time I were looking at. I have week 13 circled on my calendar as when I would think at this point, Jamar Chase would be returning. So do with that what you will. What was, what about Alan Lazard, though? Had the shoulder injury. Didn't play last week. Now he's got a match against Detroit. Did come back to practice this week. So I have my thoughts, but I do want to ask Danielle this question. If he's back out there, can you play Romeo Dobbs? I mean, I think you can. I mean, I don't really feel super confident in any really part of the Packers offense. It's not like they've been their electric selves. Nothing has really jumped out at me for that. I think you can still play Dobbs perfectly fine. I think it will be kind of hesitant at getting Lazard back in. I don't think it will be the amount of receptions and targets that he was getting before that. But I think if you want to play Dobbs or Lazard, I think Lazard is probably going to get you, what, 12 or 13 points, which isn't awful. But, I mean, probably wide receiver three at that point. Yeah, I think he is more of a high-end wide receiver three. Although this week against Detroit, if he is out there and practicing in full, could be a wide receiver too with a high touchdown potential. And this brings me back to the point of like, we're trying to figure out, you know, the Green Bay Packer wide receiver position. Dobbs seems to be back on a lot of people's radar because he had a very nice touchdown catch in primetime television against the Buffalo Bills. But he was also the last man left standing. What stood out to me in that Bills game more than anything else, and I'll repeat it here. The Packers decided they pulled their own Atlanta Falcon style. They realized that their best way to move the ball is through the run, even when they're down by multiple scores. It's not through the air. It's not with Aaron Rodgers anymore. So if that's going to be the case, I think there's only room for one wide receiver to eat and what's bound to be, logically to be, a run-first team the rest of the way. And that's why I like Alan Lazard so much. Now this week, with six teams on by and the sweet matchup against Detroit, Romeo Dobbs probably will be staying, hanging around my top 36. By the way, my rankings will be finalized by tomorrow morning on bellyfantasysports.com. So you're going to contemplate him this week, but moving forward, I think it's going to be Alan Lazard, and you're not really going to be able to trust any other pass catcher coming out of the Green Bay Packers as long as he is healthy. So if Dobbs does have a decent week after having a good week against Buffalo, look to sell him while you can because I'm not buying into it for the rest of this season. 
All right, what about Jonathan Taylor and his ankle and his headache that he's been for fantasy football owners out there? So he didn't practice today. They traded Naeem Hines. That makes Deion Jackson, by the way, the one-for-one handcuff. So if you haven't done so already, if he is still available, make sure you pick up Deion Jackson, especially if you're the Jonathan Taylor owner. They didn't really report this as being a serious ankle injury, but that doesn't mean he won't miss this game. We are going to have to watch this very, very closely. There's still a chance. We'll see what happens in Thursday and Friday. But when it comes to ankle issues, even if they're low sprains and they're not that serious, it can still cost a guy a week. So just keep that in mind heading into this week. The other narrative that's been circling all around us, and this is where I'll bring Danielle in, a lot of people are asking the question, should I look to sell Jonathan Taylor? Would you sell Jonathan Taylor? I actually did sell Jonathan Taylor on one of my teams this week. And it hurt because I know how much potential he has. We saw it from him last year. There's no doubting he is an incredible running back. But with the injury he's had this year and the awful Colts offensive line, I mean, it doesn't look very promising for him. Because even when he has played well this season, it hasn't been as good as Eckler or Barkley. And I'd rather have them on my team. Yes, yeah, see, I felt torn on this on this question. On one hand, them trading away Naeem Hines opens up the door that this offense could completely get turned over to Jonathan Taylor. Like, he's catching everything. He's running everything. They fired the offensive coordinator, which was a joke because he's not the one who calls plays to begin with. But... I guess somebody had to be the scapegoat after last week. I don't know. Which is not a good sign, by the way, for Frank Reich. It's not a good sign that they're sticking with Sam Ellinger. Like this, So that that's where I go back to the other side of maybe Jonathan Taylor is somebody I'm trying to sell. Because this offense could be teetering on the point of just total and utter collapse. It's one of the reasons why I'm in a league right now. I'm trying to sell Michael Pittman off while he still has some value. While he was still the lead targeted guy last week trying to see what I could package together. So it could go one of two ways. Either this thing steadies out, and we finally see some solid production, not high-end production. John Taylor will not be an RB3 the rest of the year. But maybe he can be a solid RB1. Or this thing can completely implode. If there's people out there who are willing to give you, I've seen some trades like Kenneth Walker for Jonathan Taylor. I would do that move in a heartbeat. I know that's not something we you know, we're we're trained all off season long to expect Jonathan Taylor to be in the RB one overall conversation again this season. So I know it's hard for people to break that, but when you're in the season, it no longer matters what the analysis was in, during draft season. It doesn't. We have our sample size. We're dealing with the here and the now. And the here and the now is I'd rather have Kenneth Walker the rest of the year than have Jonathan Taylor. So just an example of something I've seen quite frequently out there. Would I do it? The answer is. absolutely yes. Devontae Parker will not play with his knee injury. No surprise there. And Corey Davis continues to not practice. So we'll see if he's able to go or not and what that does to the Jets receivers. All right, that does it for our injury inquiries. Let's start to get into our obvious starters for our first four matchups for our first half of our fantasy football preview for week nine. Now let's get the teams real quick. Obviously, we got the Thursday night matchup. We got the Eagles and the Houston Texans. Then we got the Chargers and the Atlanta Falcons. So we talked about it a little bit already. We got the Dolphins and the Chicago Bears, and then the Carolina Panthers versus Cincinnati Bengals. So let's hit those obvious starters. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. 
obviously, you start Jalen Hurts. Okay, good talk. Let's move to our next guy. So I actually have Justin Herbert as an obvious starter. I might be moving him down more to the lock him in section, which is typically in my top 10, but maybe not inside my top six when we, when we talk about this. Because, again, now I don't expect Keenan Allen to play. But it is the Atlanta Falcons, and maybe maybe that top-end ceiling is not quite there as it would have been had he had his weapons in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But I do think Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, and Austin Eckler will be plenty against the Atlanta Falcons to ensure Herbert at least has a top-10 finish here. Danielle, my question to you is not about Justin Herbert in this week, because I think people, for the most part, will will need to and will play him. My question to you is this. Herbert's been kind of disappointing because people drafted him inside the top three. If he's not going to get a key now and back anytime soon, and we know he's not going to Mike Williams back anytime soon, does he have any chance to right the ship? I mean, I think so. I've always been a huge believer in Justin Herbert. I mean, he has a lot of potential. We've seen what we can he can do. I think he is a great quarterback. And also just like, quarterbacks if you don't have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes it's kind of been a weird year for quarterbacks not gonna lie not every quarterback is getting in the mid-20s every single week if you get 18 points on your quarterback you're like okay like that's actually pretty good this week so Justin Herbert has not necessarily let me down I have him on one of my teams there's been some lower weeks obviously with injuries there's not much you can do about that but hopefully going forward that can kind of ease up and he does have some easy matchups so I think that he could easily kind of rewrite that painting that picture that he's been painting himself I tend to agree look their schedule coming up is a nice one and that's one of the reasons I had I kind of target Keon Allen some buy low deals this season I had you know it was target it was maybe contemplating targeting Mike Williams I even contemplated targeting Justin Herbert himself because at the end of the day I think he'll he, he'll stabilize as a top 10 quarterback. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Will he be that top five guy? That might depend on whether or not he gets some weapons back. But I think he'll stabilize that top ten. I wish he would use his God-given ability to run a little bit more, but that's just not his game, seemingly. So keep that in mind there. Oh, yeah, Austin Eckler, definitely an obvious start. Now, Joe Mixon, I do have in my obvious start category. I know it's been ugly. I know it's been inefficient. But the volume in the passing and the rushing game have been there. He's a workhorse back on what is normally a good offense. 
Because last Monday night, I know, it looked like their offensive line reverted back to what it was all last season, what it was beginning of this season, even though they have been playing better as of late. I know watching Mixon run for 2.4 yards a carry makes you want to bang your head into a wall. I understand all that. But he also had nine targets. He also had seven receptions. He also usually scores. So while it's been quiet and silent, Joe Mixon's still been an RB1 so far this season. So you're still obviously starting him. And I guess the better question is this, since we're in you know trade fever week, would you sell Joe Mixon? It depends on what my fantasy team is looking like. If somebody's willing to give me, let's say, a wide receiver and I'm really needing a wide receiver that could be really beneficial to my team, I'm willing to do it. But also, if you're running kind of dry on the running backs, probably hang on to him because while he's been silent, it has been a nice silent. 12 to 18 points per week is a nice, very comfortable starting position for RDB. So I think it depends on what your team is looking like. Obviously, if you need the running back, do not sell him. But if you need another piece that somebody's willing to give you for him, go ahead. You hit the nail on the head when he said it's been a nice silent. That's why I'm not going to sell him. It's been a nice silent, a.k.a. he's had a good floor no matter what's been going on. This offensive line, like I said, before Monday night was improving. Joe Burrow was getting sacked a hell of a lot less, and they hadn't quite gotten the run-blocking thing down. Joe Mixon still hasn't really gotten over that four-yard per carry mark, but we know he's definitely capable of, and if his offensive line continues to play better as the season wears on, we haven't seen a Joe Mixon ceiling yet. We've only seen his floor. Well, his floor is pretty damn good if it's an RB1 floor. So that's why I would not sell off on Joe Mixon, especially in a year in which running backs are so rare, are so rare. It's hard to find. So, no, I would not sell off Joe Mixon there. Uh, Obviously, we're starting A.J. Brown. Obviously, we're starting Tyreek Hill. And obviously, we're starting Jalen Waddell. But the other guy I want to highlight then my obvious starts the wide receiver position is going back to the Bengals because I feel like we have to kind of defend them after the Monday night game. That's T. Higgins. So kind of a similar argument that I had with Joe Mixon. If his floor is 49 yards and a touchdown, you'll be all right. T. Higgins is a very talented wide receiver. The Browns defense, sometimes divisional games get weird. It was the healthiest they had been all season, especially in that front seven. I'm not concerned about T. Higgins, and I do believe without Jamar Chase, he is a top 12 receiver until he returns. In fact, even when he's on the field at times, he was a top 12 receiver. So I'm not worried about T. Higgins. He's an obvious starter for me. I'm not looking to sell him. I'm not hitting the panic button on any of these Cincinnati Bengal players without Jamar Chase in the lineup. I guess that's the overall more point that I'm trying to make there. But what's your value on T. Higgins would you maybe, if somebody is trying to buy him as a wide receiver one, would you sell him then? Or are you saying, like, hey, look, unless you're giving me an elite, elite guy, I'm sticking with T. Higgins. Even when Jamar Chase is there, he's still pretty good. You'd probably have to sell me with a pretty good offer for me to give up Higgins right now. I know somebody who had practically the entire Bengals offense and was trying to get rid of Higgins a little while ago. Now that Jamar Chase is hurt, he was really happy that all of us declined his offer. <laughs> But Higgins is a great wide receiver, especially now that Jamar Chase is hurt. There's really nothing bad about the Bengals' offense. It's all incredible in different ways. There's actually too much talent on that team, it seems like, sometimes. And they don't get as many carries as you want, which sucks for fantasy owners sometimes. But with Jamar out, T. Higgins will be getting a lot more targets. He is a great wide receiver. He's reliable. 
He got 13.9 points against the Brown, which was a bad game. It was an awful game, but he still got a pretty dang good points. So I would feel pretty comfortable starting him against the Panthers, uh, starting him this week against the Panthers. Absolutely. Okay, let's move into our lock men's lock them in. It's a lock. To attack Lavoa. Yeah, I know. That's such a bold choice after the performance we saw this past week. And then he gets another juicy match against Chicago. Now, it is in Chicago, and it will be a little bit worse weather. So it is something to kind of keep in mind. But Tua Tagovailoa will be inside my top seven QBs, at least maybe higher. Not quite finalized those rankings yet. Probably will soon. And I guess my question to Danielle is, is this. With his weapons... Is he going to, because right now he is QB5 on the year in half point PPR leagues. Is he going to finish as that, you think? I think he has the potential to easily. I mean, if your wide receivers are Waddle and Hill, I feel like it's insane if you don't finish at that record. I mean, obviously he had an injury, which I don't even want to talk about, but he has looked really good coming off of it. And it looks like he wasn't even hurt, it seems like. He's going out there throwing it down the field, finding Waddle, finding Hill, throwing a double coverage and making a beautiful pass. So I'm not worried about him at all. I think he has that potential. And I think with his weapons, I feel like there's no way he doesn't. Tyreek Hill's on pace for 200 targets this year. Uh, Jalen Waddle is on pace for about 1,400, 1,500 yards this year. They're just lighting it up. They're lighting it up after catch. Mike McDaniel's doing exactly what he did in San Francisco was set guys up to get after catch, but doing it at a hell of a bigger pace with more talented guys. I mean, it, that, that's what's the insane part here. So Tua doesn't have to be this cannon monster. He doesn't have to be Josh Allen to put up these great fantasy points. He just has to hit these guys in the right spot. And he's one of the more most accurate quarterbacks so far this season to be able to do that. And that's what leads me to believe, look, I don't know if he finishes in the top five. It's hard for me to believe, but he'll be hovering around that territory and if everything stays well, barring injury, I don't see why he's not at least in the top seven the rest of the way and a lock him in QB1 the rest of the way on top of that. Joe Burrow, I'm also locking him in. Again, not worried about the Monday night game going up against the Carolina Panthers. If that offensive line plays better and gets him sacked three or less times, Joe Burrow will put up a top 10 performance. Let's talk about the running backs, though. So Miles Sanders, who typically speaking is like one of our high-end RB2s, well, he gets a nice little juicy match against the Houston Texans this week. And if you need any you know, reassurance about how good of a Miles Sanders play might be this Thursday night, just look at last week. The guy didn't even have double-digit carries and still chucked out 78 yards like it was nothing. When you go against the Houston Texans with an offense in the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, that can play any way it wants to and prove that this past week against the Steelers, uh, pretty sure there'll be a lot more runs involved. The only question will be, will Jalen Hurts steal them from him or not? But, Danielle, if you're looking at this game and we're expecting a big performance out of Miles Sanders, the question about starting him is moot. The question then becomes, are you going to try to sell him high? Oh, I think you could easily get somebody good for him. I think, I mean, especially after this week, if he has monster numbers against Houston, which he should, considering they're the worst rushing defense in the league, 
if you wait until after this week, people might be panicking because like we have said multiple times, running backs this year are hard to find. And going into the fantasy football playoffs, people are going to be looking for a reliable running back. And with the Eagles offense being so electric, so amazing, seeing those numbers for Miles Sanders, if he's putting up 25, 30 points, yeah, you can probably get a pretty good deal for Miles Sanders. Not only do I agree that you could, I think that you should. If he comes down and has a big game against the Houston Texans, well, Miles Sanders, here's the thing. We know he has the injury history. And people are going to look at this second half of the schedule for the Eagles, and it's 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 juicy. It's, it's a very nice second half of schedule. So people who are even in playoff contention are going to say, hey, I got maybe an ace up my sleeve. Not only does the injury history bother me, but games in which, like this, where Sanders only got I think it was seven carries or eight carries this game, not even double-digit carries. What was one of the reasons we kept talking about all year about Clyde O'Dellaire, why he needed to be a sell high? Because the usage isn't there. The efficiency might be. But ultimately speaking, I don't feel comfortable with a guy not getting the usage he needs to maintain the fantasy value that I'm expecting from him. So those are two reasons why not only I think you can sell him high, but I think you should sell him high after the Thursday night game. And then on the flip side of that, we got Damian Pierce, who is my lock him in. He's been getting too much work. Uh, he's, he's the opposite of Miles Sanders. He's getting all the work. He's getting 20 carries a game. So even here where I have some concerns about the Philadelphia Eagles and it being a tough matchup for him and what he's really going to be able to do, what he's proven so far at this point is that Houston will run him no matter what. And if they do get an opportunity to score, he's going to be the one doing it. Now, I don't, with this week, Daniel, I'll ask you this question. Nico Collins is definitely out. Brandon Cooks is in the middle of a hissy fit right now because he didn't get traded from the deadline. I don't know if he plays after being out for personal reasons the last couple of days. If they have no receivers to go to, can Damian Pierce still do something in a tough spot? I think so, and I think that would be even more of a reason of why they would use him even more. If none of the wide receivers are looking good or not playing for reasons that they were complaining about to the coach, I feel like he is going to be pretty much carrying the Texans. I mean, pretty much he's been doing that all season anyways, but that gives them even more of a reason to go to him. And I feel like he's a good running back to play, especially if you have like Chubb or some other running back on the bye week this week. So, I mean, he could have really high usage going into this week. I tend to agree with you. Look, if they have no receivers to go to and Damian Pierce is their best offensive weapon and has been so far this season, the other thing to keep in mind is that his targets have increased every single week. He's still not getting involved in third and longs and still not playing the majority of the two-minute drill, but he has been getting more involved in the passing game in general. That might be enough to establish his floor, which is why I keep locking him in, even in this spot, as a top-20 running back this week. On the other side, we got Raheem Mostert talking about the Miami Dolphins, and uh, this, uh, this is one of the casualties from the NFL trade deadline. So I don't think it's a problem this week. And that's why Raheem Mostert remains in my lock of in. He's going to remain a top 20 running back for me against the Chicago Bears, who if they don't jump out to an early lead like the like Detroit Lions did, I think the Dolphins will be a little bit more balanced as far as their volume from past the run ratio. So the question's not about Raheem Mostert and his starting ability this week. The question is what kind of rotation are we going to expect to see? I know Jeff Wilson, he knows the offense, right? So 
for him, out of all the guys that were traded, it's foreseeable that he could have a significant role right away. And yeah, he'll be active and he'll play. It's still hard, in my opinion, for players in the NFL to come in and have their full workload that first week changing to a new team, whether you're familiar with the system or not. So I expect Marie Moser for this week to definitely lead the way. Here's what I see, Danielle, and you can tell me whether you think I'm right or wrong. Moving forward, because Moser's been the starter and he's been good, I do think he'll be listed as a starter. But I think what we might be seeing here, because their skill sets are similar in the sense of they both can catch, they both can run, neither one's really a goal line back. I don't think anybody gets pigeonholed to a specialty role here. So I think it's going to be a series-by-series basis after this week. Is that how you see this thing playing out, or do you think one will lead over the other? No, I can. I agree with you. I think it will play out in that sort of way. I think it's going to be kind of similar to how the Patriots were last year going back and forth between Harris and White and Stevenson. There was no really set. They know that all of them are talented. All of them have the same kind of skill levels. So they're going to be kind of splitting it up going between week and week. And that's great for them, and it's probably going to work for their offense. But for fantasy owners, it's really hard to judge who is going to do well that week, and it makes things very difficult. And that is why we didn't choose Patriot running backs for the majority of last year. Well, yeah, or at the very least, you're only playing them as flex plays, which which is going to bring me to my secondary point. If that does wind up being the rotation, there's still going to be flex guys. There's still going to be guys who can be plugged. They'll have fantasy value. You just can't expect much of a ceiling. So you'll have to keep that in mind when picking out your starting lineups, depending upon what kind of lineups you are in. Let's move into the wide receiver. So Devonta Smith, yeah, I know it wasn't his week last week, but you're playing Devonta Smith every single week because they have a tendency to rotate between the two as far as who weeks it's going to be. And you just want to keep playing against the Houston Texans. We already talked about the Charger wide receiver. So let's talk about DJ freaking Moore, who's back from the dead and I never would have thought this, but apparently on the shoulder of Philip Walker, who I have continually ripped on this show and said that he does not belong in the NFL. Okay. After last week, I was wrong. Okay. Tampa Bay game wasn't ready to give it to him. Last week, with that throw at the end of the game to get that thing to overtime, totally changed my opinion. Yep. You're, a be- you're an NFL backup. You're still not a starting guy on a good team. Let's not get, let's not get crazy. But you are an NFL backup. With DJ Moore now, getting double-digit targets since Christian McCaffrey has been gone. Do you think he's able to maintain this newfound value, or is this just a mirage and this team goes back to what we expected it to be when we first heard P.J. Walker and McCaffrey being traded and D.J. Morgan not getting you know the, the workload he was supposed to be getting? Well, basically what we saw when this all went down for the Carolina Panthers are they going to revert back to what we thought might happen? Or is this just team just, they're here to stay? I hope it's here to stay because I think DJ Moore is very talented. And obviously from this past week, I think everybody is, they didn't think he was talented before then. They definitely think so now. But I don't really know how this offense is going to do. This offense is so up in the air. They seem like they don't know exactly what's happening they got baker thought he was going to be great was awful got injured so they're like kind of frantically figuring out what to do and it doesn't seem like anything is necessarily working except for dj Moore. so i'm hoping and praying to god that they stick with that and they see what works and just say all right dj Moore, 
you're our guy for the rest of the season, like you and me, because DJ Moore is incredible. I think he'll probably get 13, 14 points for fantasy, but he does have a great potential. He had 27 points last week against ATL, so he does have that potential. Yeah. Uh, here's here's what I'll say about DJ Moore. Regardless of whether Philip Walker comes back down the earth and his offense comes back down the earth, the more point is this. He, as long as he is getting double-digit targets like he has been, and I expect him to continue to do so now that McCaffrey is gone, that's all he needs. Volume and talent, those are usually the two variables that we look for in fantasy football. Right now, he's got both. Regardless of what happens with P.J. Walker or this offense, I think he'll continue to have both for the rest of the season, which at the very least should make him a wide receiver too. So I think in D.J. Moore's case, he's the one player I think it's safe for him to stay. We do have a question coming in real quick from Earl Johnson. He's 3-5. and five. He's got a 10-team. He's full-point PPR. He lists out most of his team. Uh, Andrew's bench is Cooper, JT. I don't know what to do. So he's asking us a... (laughs) Look, man, what you have in your starting lineup is what you keep. It's it's that simple. You play Hurts. You play Stevenson. You play Walker. You play Devontae Adams. You play Devonta Smith. If Andrews is playing, you play him. If not, you pick up Isaiah Likely. I'm assuming you'd have another flex position so you'd be able to fit Cooper in there too. So you're good to go. I'm not really sure where the question is in there. Earl Johnson, you are good to go. Don't worry about it. I know you're three and five, and that that makes you anxious. Trust me, I got a three and five team in in places too. And it makes me anxious because we're getting, like like I said at the beginning of the show, we're getting close to that point of we got to make sure we're in position to make those playoffs. But when you have a good roster like that, I'm willing to bet, Earl, that you're probably one of the top scoring teams in your league. But I'm also willing to bet you probably had some of the most points scored against you in your league. Nothing you can do about that. Know that you have a good team and that this should course correct. Because that's what my advice would be to you in that situation. And a lot of people will find themselves in similar situations too. The only the only advice I can give you to a guy like that, and this is what I'll tend to do, I'll start playing the bye weeks. Who do I have a bye when? Do I need to make a deal to make sure I have the best lineup possible for each and every week? While everybody else is struggling, trying to get through, like, who's their backup going to be, who they're going to pick up, what they're going to do. You already have your entire schedule for the next six weeks planned out. That's what I do. That's where I play my catch-up game. While everybody else is getting handicapped, one-hand time behind their back, that's where I make sure I'm throwing you my ace. So maybe make a couple trades based on that. But ultimately, you have to ride out, I think, with that team. All right, let's, uh, yep, Dallas Goddard. He's in my lock him in tight ends, and that kind of can go without saying. So we can jump into our lookout for. Lookout for... We already talked about our lookout for running backs. We talked about Cordell Patterson, what we expect there. We talked about the Carolina Panthers, the Foreman, the Hubbard of it all. If you missed that part of it, go back earlier on the show and subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can always get caught up with all of our content there. So the wide receivers, we did we did mention a little bit about Brandon Cooks, but we didn't really talk about him as the individual. So Danielle, as I said, obviously he's pissy that he did not get traded on Tuesday. And I do not blame him. If I'm him, I am not a guy who's in a veteran position trying to win a Super Bowl, having to stick there with what is going to be a multi-year rebuild with the Houston Texans. Don't blame him at all. But if you're an owner Brandon Cooks right now, what do you do? What can you do? 
not much. I feel like you can't get that much for him at a wide receiver position. And the best bet, I'm assuming if you have Cooks, it's a wide receiver three kind of position, flex position. And honestly, bench him if you have better wide receivers. That's that's my best advice because if he's not going to play because he's mad at the coach, even if he does play, he gets 10 or 11 points, so not necessarily the best numbers. So if you have way better wide receivers, play them and sit this one out for Cooks. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you can play him. I don't see how with him being out of practice the last two days because of you know, quote-unquote personal reasons, but we all know it's, it seems like an end-season hold-in is what it seems like. You, you're not going to play him tomorrow. I, I'd be shocked if he was actually activated in that game. Plus, it's a horrible match against the Philadelphia Eagles. So look for other options, okay? But as far as the rest of the season goes, I mean, Brandon Cooks hasn't been good to this point. And I think that's also part of the reason why he's bent out of shape. It's not just that he has to deal with a rebuild. It's the fact you're not even featuring the guy because you're trying to play all the young guys and see what you have moving forward. And the one guy who you know is good, you're not even letting him produce. And I think that's where this all kind of ties into too. So one of two things is going to happen here. Either Brandon Cooks is just not going to play the rest of the season, which I think is less likely, or when he does return, they might do a better job of making sure they get him involved. The squeaky wheel might get the grease. So either way, you can't drop him. You can't trade him. We have to hold out for hopefully the situation improving itself at some point. Look out for Tyler Boyd. And the analysis is very, very simple. As long as Jamar Chase is out, Tyler Boyd's at least a wide receiver three because somebody besides T. Higgins has to catch the ball. What about the tight end? So Gerald Everett. So I did have a little bit concerned about this guy initially, but now that we think Keenan Allen's going to be out, it doesn't really matter to me if Donald Parham's going to be active or not. Because they have to lean on Josh Palmer to be the receiver one. They have to lean on DeAndre Carter to be the wide receiver two. Well, Jared Everett, who's been very good anyway, even if he is splitting work with Donald Parham, will be needed, will be leaned on. And that's why he's a tight end who will most likely make my top 12, even if you didn't think he would necessarily be in this position coming out of the bye week. Danielle, my question to you is this, when it comes to Jared Everett, where's your confidence level on him right now? I'm honestly pretty confident in him. Obviously, the Chargers offense is banged up, as we talked about earlier, which allows for him to hopefully get more targets, more receptions. And honestly, he's been pretty consistent, gets usually around 11 points. He's projected to get 12 points against the Falcons offense or or defense. So I'm assuming that he's going to have a pretty good game against the awful defense that is the Atlanta Falcons. Also, just it hasn't been a tight end year. 12 points, 11 points. It's pretty good for a tight end this season. I would agree. You know what? It hasn't been very good up until this week. Uh, Kyle Pitts at the tight end position. So what do you do with Kyle Pitts? Finally has an 80-yard catch, one touchdown performance. Actually looked half decent. Actually got the ball. Here's my problem. Marcus Mariota had 28 pass attempts. Not a lot, right? especially compared to the rest of the league. That was his second highest total for the season. So what I'm saying to you is that most likely, if the season keeps going the way that it has to this point, Mariota is rarely going to hit that 28 pass attempt mark. Because of that, sell, 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 Kyle Pitts as soon as you possibly can. While he has any value, while he has a pulse, sell him for what you can. 
because I don't think the usage is going to be here to stay. I mean, am I wrong? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. No, it, you're completely correct, and it's not going to be here to say at all. We've seen him do very, very few things this season, which is upsetting because Pitts last year was an amazing rookie. He was squeaking into the top five tight ends across all boards. Like Everybody loved him. They thought that this is going to be like the new age for the Falcons, and it's just been completely opposite. Since that, Falcons offense just doesn't really understand how passing the ball works. And besides this game, like this past week, they actually decided to use their offense for the first time, which is great to see, but it's definitely not going to be consistent at all. So if you could get something, at least anything for Pitts, do it now. I would trade Kyle Pitts. I don't even know if you could do this deal right now. Maybe you can because he's on a bye week. I would trade Kyle Pitts for Pat Freemuth and a freaking harpy. Chase Claypool got traded to the Chicago Bears. It's going to open up even more targets. He's already showed a rapport with Kenny Pickett. And because Freemuth is on a bye week, there's a potential that you could get that deal done, especially with a nice match against the Chargers who aren't very good at the tight end position. So look for things like that. If you can sell a guy to maybe somebody who's on a bye week, a team who's in a pinch, Maybe try to take advantage of those type of things when we say sell high. Uh, what about Hayden Hurst? So this is another guy I wanted to highlight. He's going to be inside my top 12 again as long as Jamar Chase is out. The opportunities are there. The last two weeks, he's had 12 targets. Eight targets two weeks ago, four targets this past week on Monday. And as we know, this Monday, I'm kind of throwing it away a little bit when it comes to the Bengals offense anyway. And as long as that continues to be the case, with Jamar Chase out, even when T. Higgins was out, whenever one wide receiver is out, Hurst is averaging six-plus targets a game. That's good enough to be a top-12 tight end, especially if you have a guy who's actually scoring and, and getting involved in different aspects of the game and an offense in general that wants to throw the ball first. So Hayden Hurst in my top 12, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we saw it week five against the Ravens. He had six receptions on seven targets and 17 fantasy points. I mean... That's pretty dang good. So with one missing piece for the Bengals, hopefully Burrow sees Hurst out there. Hopefully Hurst gets himself open, which he should be. Honestly, I feel like not many defenders go to double team Hurst of all people on the Bengals. So hopefully he should have a good week. Totally agree with you there. All right, before we go into our be cautious up for these four matchups, blue or blur pay. Hopefully that's how you're supposed to say that. Uh, I just did this trade. I traded... Terry McLaurin, Lockett, Donta Foreman for Derrick Henry. Is this fair or unfair? My running backs are now Cook, Kamara, Etienne, and Derrick Henry. Well, I hope you have a double flex. 
so you can actually play all four of those guys because that's where I'd be. Ooh, oh, you do it. Oh, we can't have two flexes. See, this is what happens when I don't run. When I don't read the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, your stock locked and loaded. As far as it, whether it's not, it's fair. I, look, Lockett has been high in a wide receiver too. Terry McLaurin last couple of weeks has been a top twenty-four guy. Dot the form is coming off of two back-to-back weeks. If the team that traded Derrick Henry to you needed depth, I can understand why you can make the argument for this to be fair. Is it the most fair deal in the world? Maybe it's not the most fair deal in the world. Do I think it's an unfair, vetable type of trade? Absolutely not. And I don't think any trade should be vetoed in the first place anyway. So good job by you. That's one hell scary of a team, especially since you can actually play all four of those guys in your lineup. So good job, Blurpay. You did well there. And that's what I'm talking about. We're getting to this time of the year. Everybody wants to do trades. This is the time where you start to decide, am I a playoff team? And if I am, start to consolidate my starting lineup. Or do I need to play the bye weeks and make sure I have a strong team in all locations moving forward just to make the playoffs? In that case, you might need more of attrition. You might need more depth. This is where you have to decide where you are. Wide receivers, Alma. Yeah, you're loaded. Good, good job. Uh, let's 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 move on to our be cautious of be cautious of be cautious of Marcus Mariota. So this is a guy that keeps popping up in streaming territory. And look, I get it. Technically speaking, if you look on the season right now, he's actually a top twelve quarterback, but his running's not consistent, and that's what bothers me. I really liked Mariota coming into the season as a as a sleeper streamer that I was fine with taking in the last round if you wanted to stream at the position. I was fine with it, but he hasn't been running as much as I expected him to. And I think that's that's my problem at the end of the day. But, Danielle, I mean, am I wrong? Is, should Mariota be considered more of a streamer in my eyes? Honestly, no. He's not consistent at all. No part of the Falcons' offense seems consistent or great for fantasy pickups. If you have to play him because that's the quarterback you have, go ahead, do it. But I'm so against Marcus Mariota, which is so sad because he does have a lot of potential. But based off of the way Atlanta runs their offense, they are not letting Mariota hit his full potential because if he was somewhere else or they allowed him to actually like throw the ball, as we've talked about before, he would actually put up some pretty good points. And he does have the potential to be a good quarterback. But I'm not playing him unless I absolutely, absolutely have to. Unfortunately, I'm saying still bench Drake London. I know there's a lot of teams on by. I know you don't have a lot of options potentially. But man, oh man, like even last week, Mario throws the ball 28 times, but it had to be Kyle Pitts who gets the ball. It's been so long now since Drake London could be valuable. You can't drop him. He's too good to drop. But until something changes, and I don't know that anything will because Falcons are in first place in that division. Ugh. I think you're just stuck, and you can't really play him as a result to that. Danny, I want to ask you about Mike Isecki, though. So people are desperate trying to find any tight end who has a pulse. Don't waste your time. That that That's my note. The offense is too dependent on the wide receivers. He gets left out far too often, but are, are you going to take a shot on him if you have to? I've had to take a shot on him before, and it hasn't been bad. I had to take a shot on him last week. Got 12 points was very sufficient for I was very happy with the 12 point pickup besides my uh, other option which was happened to be five points so I was pretty happy about that but 
Um, I most of the time would say no. If there's better tight ends out there, maybe if Schultz is out there, if Hurst is out there, pick them up instead. But if not, Gusecki could be pretty average. Yeah, fine, Isaiah. Likely, like I mean, like if Andrews happens to be out this week, there's a lot of other options I want to try to pivot to because that's basically what I'm saying by don't waste your time. Don't get caught up in the fact that he had a solid game last week. Durham Smythe has been playing a little bit more and a little bit more over the past couple of weeks. If he gets his old role back, it's all over for Mike Gusecki, and it might be ramping up to that point this week if he's back and healthy. So that's why I don't want anybody to fall into that trap. That does it for our first segment. What we want to do now, take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got, I think, believe three more matchups to talk about for the first half preview. Yep, three more games here. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. We'll be back right after this. Football is back, baby. And our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt the couch season. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. True classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe so you get notified. We have new content available. You can also check us out live on BillyUp.tv. Download the Foxy Network app to catch us on demand. And stay up to date with the show when you're on the go. Download us on your favorite podcast app. Give us a five-star review to help us out. Help us help you. That's all we're trying to do with these shows every single day of the week. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. Join my co-host, Danielle Dubois. And we have three more matchups to talk about here. We got the Green Bay Packers against the Detroit Lions. The uh, Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Colts against the Patriots. And the Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets. So let's go ahead and find our obvious starters of these matchups and kick this whole thing off. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Josh Allen. Enough said. 
Okay, let's talk about Aaron Jones. He's in my obvious starter. I mentioned this a little bit earlier on the show about what I was noticing at the Green Bay Packers when we were talking about the wide receivers. If they're going to run first, even when they're down, Aaron Jones no longer has to be worried about. Remember the beginning of the season, he's a little bit hit or miss. He's being Aaron Jones. Once every three to four games, he goes off. In between, he might have a dud performance. He might have two okay performances. And you kind of just learn to live with that roller coaster and ultimately know he's probably going to finish up as a high-end RB2 or a low-end RB1. But then I watched him go for 143 yards against the Buffalo Bills with the Packers down by two touchdowns. And I thought to myself, oh, did the bell finally go off in LaFleur's head and said, hey, you have to be a run-first team no matter what right now. That's what has to happen. And they can do that against the Bills. Well, they sure as hell could do that against the Detroit Lions. So that's why Aaron Jones is an obvious starter for me. But my question, Daniel, to you is this. Do you think they'll actually stick with that being their identity moving forward? Or are we going to watch the Packers go into another self-identity crisis that we saw the last couple of weeks? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. I think they will definitely stick with it for a little bit. I mean, they're going to use him because they know what talent he had, especially against the Bills, which said something because the Bills are probably the most complete team in the NFL right now overall. So that says something if you can put up 19 fantasy points against the Bills, which is pretty dang good. I hope they use him to the same level as the Lions. So I feel like they won't mess this up but it's also the Packers and I could totally see them saying like oh yeah let's try to play around with our wide receivers a little bit because it's the Lions we can totally beat them no matter what and it could go downhill very fast so I feel like it's a toss-up which is not great analysis for people in fantasy but definitely start him but it's a toss-up as to whether they choose the run offense or the wide receiver offense this week what you just did teetering back and forth in the analysis is spot on analysis because why the floor is frustrating. He's infuriating. I hate him. I almost, I don't hate him quite as much, but I almost hate him as much as Nathaniel Hackett. And that's saying a lot right now because that's what he is. As soon as he figures something out, it seems like he wants to set, he wants to mess with it for no reason whatsoever. And I agree with you. I think that little bit concern can get him in trouble. Here's why I think it won't happen against Detroit, though. They have to win this game. They can't, excuse the, excuse the phrase, dick around. They can't. They can't afford to. They're going to be out of the playoffs soon. The division's over. Minnesota Vikings got it. I was right on that prediction. Minnesota Vikings, they're going to win this division. The Packers are borderline not going to make the postseason with 
Aaron Rodgers is a $50 million quarterback because they won't stick to an identity. They can't mess around the Detroit Lions. They can't get cute. They can't afford to do it. I will go on the side of they're smart enough to know that. And that's why I'm going to have the confidence that they will not just screw around with that and they'll stick to running the ball first. So in that case, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, he potentially could be a top five running back this week against the Detroit Lions if that's going to be the case. All right, Ramondre Stevenson, talk about another guy who's been a delight, an RB1, making me look so smart, being my number one sleeper of the year. Loved it. And he answered all the final questions too, by the way. So Damian Harris got his full workload. He got us 11 carries. Didn't matter. Stevenson dominated the pass work as we would expect he would, but he also led the way on the ground too. And you know what? The more Damian Harris played, the more obvious it was how much more talented Ramondre Stevenson is. I think he's here to stay. I don't think he's going to disappear anytime soon. Damian Harris is dealing with an illness. That's why he didn't practice today. Go ahead, Danielle. You can talk about your Ramondre. I love him. And going into this season, I was excited to see what he could do. We saw very limited stuff from him last season. And so I was really excited to see how he would do. I was listening to Dan this entire summer say, he's a sleeper. He's my sleeper. He's my sleeper. And I was so excited for it. And he has exceeded my expectations. He is a delight to watch. I was a little bit concerned about how it was going to be with Damian Harris. But yeah, after seeing him come back, Stevenson's 100% the Patriots guy. And you can just tell the difference between the two. Absolutely. We got a question coming in from Victor, one of our regulars. Thanks for tuning in, Victor. Rest of season rank them. Josh Palmer, Jerry Judy, and Kadarius Tony. So we haven't really talked about Tony yet. Uh, and that was going to be tomorrow night's show. We can talk about him a little bit now, too. Kadarius Tony, right now, the ideal situation for him is that he winds up supplanting Miko Hardman at some point this season. Now, they gave up draft capital for him. And I do think they'll move on him soon. But remember, Sky Moore hasn't even looked going. It's hard as a receiver to learn the Andy Reid offense. And look, we don't know exactly what's true and what's not, but a lot of the reports coming out of the coaching staff of the Giants and why they hated Kadarius Tony so much was that he uh, is not really a student of the game. I don't know how quickly he's going to be able to get on the field if he's not a student of the game. So that, that there's a lot to be desired there. I told Chris this when he when the first when the trade first broke and he was asking me about it live on the show and when we thought Kadarius Tony would actually be a thing. I don't think he's a thing for fantasy football. I think he's a thing for the NFL playoffs. And I think that's why they made the trade. They want him to be a thing for when they hit the postseason, not really for the regular season in a significant way where you're going to be playing him in your fantasy lineups. So a long-winded way of saying Darius Tony would be last on my list in that instance. But before I get to the other two, I want Danielle to have her two pieces on the Darius Tony news. Yeah, I'm not too confident on Tony being a huge star yet. I think it will take a little bit of time. I think this will definitely be beneficial in the long run but for this season especially for fantasy owners I don't think it's worth a pickup he's definitely less in my ranking for this as well as far as Josh Palmer and Jerry Judy well look as long as either Mike Williams or Keenan Allen is out they're very comparable in value very comparable I'm still gonna have Jerry Judy ranked ahead because assuming Keenan Allen does come back from his hamstring injury at some point, and 
knowing that Mike Williams will be back before the fantasy football playoffs, well then Jerry Jew is going to have more value come weeks 15, 16, 17, when you really need it the most. So I would rank Judy ahead, but they're very comparable right now. And I would say as far as like the next four to six weeks, it'd be based on matchup as far as who I have ranked ahead of whom when it comes to that. Thank you for that question though, Victor. Uh, let's move into uh, St. Brown. I'm on raw St. Brown. Another guy I want to highlight. Another guy who's an obvious starter for me this week. TJ Hawkinson's gone. Another guy we haven't really talked about yet. We'll probably talk about him tomorrow, but he's out. While he hasn't been uberly productive, that should open up a few more targets for the wide receivers, in particular St. Brown, because he's the only one who's actually healthy right now. Josh Reynolds still dealing with an issue. That's why he hasn't been very good. DeAndre Swift, we'll talk about him in just a little bit, but he's also banged up again too, or still, however you want to look at that situation. St. Brown, first two weeks, we were talking about him like he was going to be the next Cooper Cup after what he was doing last season, off to a nice start, and then he got a little bit banged up. Last week, I know it was a gaudy. It was seven catches, 69 yards, but it was still 10 targets. This is still a team that has to throw the ball all the time because their defense is horrible. I went through their schedule for the rest of the season. The Lions always play better at home. So I count out how many home games, and then the games that aren't at home, how many plus matchups do they have? It's week nine to week 17. We got eight games in between that stretch. For the next eight games, St. Brown either plays at home or plays in plus matchups. If you can, try to trade and buy low on St. Brown while everyone's kind of a little bit unsure as exactly what his value is. But what do you think his value is the rest of the season? I think for the Lions, he's obviously going to be their wide receiver one. I think in fantasy-wise, though, probably a wide receiver two or three, depending on who is on your roster. I We've seen it before. St. Brown has the potential to get 39 fantasy points. Not obviously every week he has that potential, though. We know he can. But on a more relative and a more likely basis, he'll get around 13 to 15 points, especially after being injured. So definitely somebody to have on your roster as a wide receiver two or three as a flex player maybe depending on who your roster is or sell them and you can definitely get some good value for him sounds good to me you're also obviously starting stefan diggs but we don't need to give any analysis for that so let's dive into our lock them in lock them in it's a lock. let's talk about deandre swift seems like it's a good time to do that and uh, it's funny, the the I always write these notes down for the outline, and especially when I highlight a player, I write what I'm going to talk about. And um, I don't actually have any analysis. What I have is a question. What's wrong with him? Can they please just be honest about what is going on right now with DeAndre Swift? He practiced in a full capacity all week last week, completely off the injury report. Then after the game, he only gets 10 touches. Dan Campbell says, like, well, we gave him one too many carries, actually, than what we wanted to do. He was always going to be on a pitch count. Well, then why is he practicing in full? Why is he off the injury report if he's not actually healthy? Because that's what that would tell me. Then early this morning, this is why we can't listen to Dan Campbell, and he's, he's starting to get on my crap list, too, as far as a fantasy owner from that perspective goes. I still love him as a coach, but for a fantasy owner, he's giving me a headache. This morning, he comes out and says, well, DeAndre Swift's feeling a lot better than what he did this past Sunday. And then he didn't practice today. Listen with the ankle and the shoulder issue. 
So the point is this. DeAndre is still not 100% healthy. What I'm going to trust in this situation is my eyes. And I watch these games. I go back and I watch them on NFL Plus. And even if I don't see them the first time, because during Sunday, I'm just watching Red Zone. Swift just did not look like himself. And whether it's not just the shoulder thing is not what bothers me. What bothers me is that he didn't look as explosive, which leads me to believe that ankle is not fully healed. That bothers me a hell of a lot more than the shoulder does. I know the shoulder is something he's dealt with in the past, but when I when DeAndre Swift's on the field, all I care about is how explosive you are. I don't care. I don't care about you leading your shoulder and trying to gain extra yards by putting on a pound. I don't care about that. You got to be explosive. What do you do right now if you have DeAndre Swift, Danielle? Do you, do you sell the guy? Do you sit there and ride it out? I like like what do you do? Because I think a lot of people are trying to ask that question. Yeah. Um. I'm at a loss for words for Swift. I feel like what we saw from the Lions and immediately out of the gate, we were like, oh, this offense is electric, absolutely insane. And then they just have died out. Everyone got hurt. Swift has been so, so inconsistent, so injured. It's just absolutely awful to watch. I hate to watch it because I love him. I feel like We all know he's a great running back. He has great potential. If I'm a fantasy owner of Swift right now, I am either benching him or trying to sell him right now. There are probably people in the league that are looking for running backs because obviously they are rare this season. I think you could easily get somebody and kind of trick them into a trade at this point because I feel like it's not going to be great for the rest of the season for Swift, especially for fantasy-wise. I think he may do well outside of fantasy, past the fantasy football playoffs, but that's not really helpful for anybody right now. So I think you can easily kind of trick somebody into selling him and getting at least RB2, hopefully RB3 for him. I think you could sell him for for even more than that or even put him in a package deal. I think you can get a wide receiver one and RB one still. People are enamored, and rightfully so, with the talent that is DeAndre Swift. We know the upside. We know what the upside is. The upside is top five running back. That's the upside of everything's right and moving well. I'm with you. I am selling him if I have him, and I'm, I'm looking around. What can I sell you for? That's all I am doing right now because the fact is this. Even if he's back and healthy, the Detroit Lions have showed all season long that when they get inside the five, it's Jamal Williams time. Swift's not getting those. So if he has to bust plays in order to even get touchdowns. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. That's where I have to sell him at. That's where I'm out. 
And and I love DeAndre Swift. I'm a big proponent of his. You go back to the NFL draft. I was, I thought I was the only one who was screaming to the rooftops how pissed off he was that the Chiefs took Clyde's lair instead of DeAndre Swift because that would have been a much better fit. And, and I still stand by that today, by the way. But you can't do this anymore. The usage, even when he's healthy, isn't there. That's my problem. That's why I ultimately have to sell on him. Oh, another guy who was hindered by the trade deadline, Devin Singletary. So he's still top 20 running back for me this week, and that's why he falls into the lock him in It's going to take Naeem Hines a little bit to learn that offense, and while he'll be active, I think his impact will be minimal at best, especially this, this first week. But what does this do overall? Well, that usage that we are excited about that Devin Singletary was getting, I and mean, we know what he can possibly be on that usage, that disappears. You trade him for Naeem Hines, he's coming in to be the pass catching back. Now, I find that a little bit laughable because, well, the Bills never really throw the ball that much to their running backs anyway. So the trade for Naeem Hines kind of had me scratching my head. But Danny, so Daniel, to that point, I'll ask you two questions. One, give me your analysis on the trade itself from just, you know, an NFL standpoint. It doesn't have to be from fantasy. And then two, what does this do to Devin Singletary moving forward? On the NFL side of things, I think this is actually a pretty great trade for the Bills. It seems like throughout this entire trade, going coming up to the trade deadline, they've been looking for a running back. I know some people were out of their mind thinking that they're going to trade for Christian McCaffrey, which I didn't <laughs> think they would ever do, and I was correct. Um, and I they they seemed like they were missing something. Obviously, Devin Singletary is a great running back. I think he's. I mean, I think he is pretty good. He's a pretty average running back. I think. They're looking for, obviously, a little bit better, which is why they got Hines. We've seen what Hines can do. We know that he has great potential. Obviously, he's been having to pick up the load for a while now, so I feel like it will be um, kind of refreshing for him to be on a really great offense. Um, For that standpoint, I think it was a great trade. For Singletary, however, I am quickly realizing that I am losing my job at this point. Um, I think you touched on this a little bit earlier. I, obviously, this really won't affect this week in fantasy, but going forward, Singletary could see a lot less carries. Not like he was getting a ton in the first place, but the limited ones that he was getting are going to quickly switch over to Hines because there's no way you get a running back that good and not use them at all. Wait, interesting. So you think... If, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, you think Naeem Hines is going to take over the starting role altogether. I think so. Well, that's interesting. I, I have so. not heard that take yet. Uh, the, the consensus really has been, and I tend to agree with it, is Naeem Hines will come in to be that pass-catching guy to give him a lift because they don't feel like they have that guy. Zach Moss, they liked him for his pass protection but can't do anything with the ball in his hands, and that's why they traded him off. James Cook. They don't trust him in pass protection, even though he's explosive with the ball in his hands. And Devin Singletary has really never been that guy, although they he can get the job done, which is why they've leaned on him to this point. But I still view Devin Singletary as the better runner, which is why I kind of thought he would still maintain his 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 workload. So I, you want to expand on that a little bit more is why you think Naeem Hines is going to be the starting running back. I mean, I mean, who knows? Obviously, the Bills have a great offense. They could definitely take it in another way, but... I feel like there's no way you just you get Hines and you just say you're going to be our secondary guy. Devin Singletary is going to get most of the runs and every. I just feel like 
Hines coming in is a big significance for their their offense. They've been looking for a huge runner. And if they were so called looking into Christian McCaffrey, you wouldn't bring him in and say you're our RB2. So I'm assuming that that's the place that they're trying to fill with Hines going in. Obviously, I could be so wrong, but that was the kind of viewpoint that I was taking it as in, like, they're looking at Christian McCaffrey. There's no way he'd be an RB2. They're trying to fill a spot. Hines was the next best. So that's where they went. Hmm. Very interesting. We'll have to see how this plays out. Because in that mindset, everybody should be going for Naeem Hines then, right? Just hell's bells going to go get him. Interesting. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think it's an interesting take. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I actually did have him on this list because I had it with Detroit originally. We could talk about that trade real quick as far as the rest of the season. Now, this week, I don't think he can play him this week because he's still going to have to learn the offense, get you know up to speed on it. And I know Irv Smith is out and he'll probably play, but you're going to have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out. He's not going to be able to have a full workload right off the bat. Rest of season, I don't think this really improves Hawkinson's value quite a bit. I think it maintains it. I think he's in a top 10 situation, still going to be a tight end one and still be a low end tight end one at that. But it could be a little bit of a boost. I mean, it's a better offense. It's a better quarterback, a better team in general. Adam Thielen's aging out. He could overtake in the red zone potentially. And in a dynasty standpoint, I think it's, that's really where the value takes an increase because him being on the Vikings instead of the Detroit Lions over the next couple of seasons, that's really where the value does kick up quite a bit. But Danielle, what was your fantasy view on TJ Hawkinson going to the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I'm pretty much on agreement with you. I think he might get a few more targets than he received at the Lions, but I really don't think it's going to exponentially change things. I think he'll still average around 10 to 11 points. They do have a lot of different offensive pieces that they already seem like they don't necessarily know how to work with for fantasy wise. I feel like everybody kind of has split shares. There's not necessarily like a key main standout person other than cook. So I feel like it will probably be around 10 to 11 points averaging, but I'm excited to see what Hawkerson does in this amazing offense and this great team. All right, let's get to our lookout for. Lookout for. Every time I talk about Aaron Rodgers this year, a little part of me dies inside. Unfortunately, though, I don't think you can necessarily bench him. Playing against Detroit, you got six teams on by. Rodgers is going to be inside my top 12 this week. What? What? I got no choice. The matchup's too good. The situation's too dire. So, Rodgers, as much as I want to bench him, as much as I even want to drop him, can't do it this week. What do you think? Yeah, definitely this is not the week to drop or bench Rodgers. I'm assuming if you have Rodgers, that is probably your best quarterback option. So, definitely play him. It's the Lions, so hopefully it works out well for him. He should statistically have a great game. Obviously, you never know, though, with the Packers offense. We got a question coming in from Captain Joe King. Loving the stream. Well, Captain, we're loving that you are watching the stream and enjoying yourself. He's got a question basically that boils down to, should I trade DeAndre Hopkins for Nick Chubb? With the team that you have, 
I would say no, because he does mention he has Austin Eckler already. He's got Derrick Henry, his wide receivers, Devontae, DeAndre Hopkins, Kadarius Tony. Because you can't lean on Kadarius Tony at all, I would say no. D Hop is actually much more valuable to his team. You already have two RB1s. So having Chubb in there doesn't really help you out there. But what do you think, Danielle? Yeah, I agree. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the kind of way I'm thinking about this. So I think you're doing pretty good. Six to two records, great. I don't yeah. think there's a, anything that really needs to change. I tend to agree with that. All right, let's get into our lookout for running backs. And uh, we got to talk about the Jet running backs. So James Robinson made his debut last week. We weren't expecting a big one. He played the third most amongst the running backs, and that's about what I expected to happen. What I didn't expect was Michael Carter to be absolutely useless, and this is where it gets a little bit interesting when we have to talk about this moving forward with Carter and and James Robinson. So it will be a split. Robinson should probably lead the way in carries eventually once he's up to snuff with the offense. I don't know if that's this week or not. And then Michael Carter probably lead the way in, in receptions and, and do what he does. Gets a little few carries, leads the way as a pass catcher, and he's, he's usually good in that sector. Here's the thing, though. So I know Michael Carter had games in which he, he exploded in years past, and or last year and a couple of games so far this year, early on in the season when he was leading the way with, with Brees Hall. But the Jets' offensive line is in a dire situation. A dire Without Vera Tucker, with him gone and... They never got Beckton back and just some other injuries along that offensive line. They can't make holes. They can't make holes. Now you're playing against the Buffalo Bills this week. The only way I'm playing Michael Carter is if I'm in a full point PPR as a flex play. If I'm in half point or standard, I am staying away from this backfield because there's just not going to be much room to run. You can make the argument that in a game like this where I expect the Bills to be leading by a decent amount, although divisional games can get weird, but I would expect the Bills to be leading by additional uh, a, a good amount. Michael Carter might be able to rack up some receptions and garbage time. That's all I'm hoping for, though. Carter will make my top 36, but barely. I would stay away if you at all can, because this offensive line, just they can't make any room. But what do you think? Yeah, there's no better way to say that. I'm not really fighting for any of the Jets running backs. Um, let alone going against the Bills. I mean, whoever is facing the Bills each week, I'm probably going to say don't have them in fantasy because it's most likely not going to be a great outcome. So they played New England last week, and it wasn't great for them. And New England's not great. As a New England fan, I can say that. So the Bills, that's going to be really rough. Tend to agree. Look out for wide receivers include Michael Pittman, I already talked about I want to trade him away. I want to sell him high if I can or, or or sell him really in a package deal, period. He's still a wide receiver, too. He's still a top 20 guy in half-point PPR leagues. The other thing that you could try to sell people on is that of the 16 targets that went to the wide receivers, he got nine of them. So we did get kind of the question answered, like, all right, who's Sam Ellinger going to focus in on? And it did wind up being Michael Pittman as as well as it should be. But as Danielle and I alluded to when we talked about Jonathan Taylor earlier in the show, this whole thing might blow up. The offensive line is atrocious. Sam Ellinger's not an NFL caliber quarterback in my estimation. Frank Reich didn't even want him to be. Frank Reich, Matt Ryan, the GM Vic Ballard were all blindsided 
when Matt Ryan got benched because it came from the owner. When the owner messes with things, an entire organization can get blown up. And that is what I think the Colts might be on the breaking point of doing here. So with that note, that's why I'm like, oh, look, yes, PPR-wise, halfway VR-wise, is Michael Pittman going to be the lead guy? Most likely. But this whole thing might just blow up in their faces. Trade him while you can still make the argument that he has value. Do you have any more optimism than I do, Danielle? Not at all. You said it better than I could. He got 12 points last week, which was more than I was expecting. But sell him if you can, because nothing at all about the Colts makes me at all optimistic about the rest of their season. What a fall from grace for that team. All right, so we got the Jets wide receivers now. We're also on the lookout for a list. So Corey Davis didn't practice today. Elijah Moore played 10 measly snaps last week. All this talk about, like, Elijah Moore's back with the team. He's practicing in full. We've mended all the fences, according to the coaching staff. There's no Corey Davis in the mix. What did you do? You still put Elijah Moore in the doghouse. Yeah, I wonder how he feels about that. No, he took the Twitter again. You play Denzel Mims as a second receiver. It's a nightmare. Here's what I will say. If Elijah Moore is going to be in the doghouse or they're just flat out not going to utilize him anyway, and Corey Davis does miss this matchup again, targets are going to have to be had because the Jets are going to have to come back from behind. Garrett Wilson sneakily might have a safe wide receiver three floor for me this week. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, he had a pretty good game, got 17 points against New England. Obviously, they're taking on somebody way harder, as we've mentioned multiple times, the Buffalo Bills. But if I am running low on running backs due to the amazing amount of teams on a bye week, I would definitely consider getting him for a wide receiver three flex option for my team. I feel like he's going to get pretty average numbers. I mean, 12 to 13 most likely, which I think is pretty good for the bye weeks and the amount of uh, wide receiver talent that is uh, leaving your teams this week. Oh, we got a uh, blur pay back. Which tight end? Taysom Hill, Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, or Isaiah Likely? Well, uh, I'm thinking Likely if Andrews is out. But yeah, uh, with with that situation. First of all, Darren Waller practices this week and plays. It's it's Darren Waller. That that's that's for sure. So I'm going to act like Darren Waller is not going to play because this is where the question gets a little more intriguing. For me, it would be Taysom Hill. To your point, unless I own Mark Andrews, I don't know how much value Isaiah Likely has because we're likely not going to know one way or another until Monday. And from what they're reporting from last Thursday's game is that it wasn't anything serious for Andrews. So I'm leaning towards Andrews is going to be active and playing Monday night regardless. So if you need a starting tight end, I'm actually leaning towards Taysom Hill over Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's been fine. He might be able to get you a floor. And Taysom Hill might get you nothing, and he might get you 35. If I don't have a guy like Darren Waller, I'd rather take the shot on the guy who might get you 35. I've said this before. As long as Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback, I will, am willing to roll the dice on Taysom Hill as a tight end 12, tight end 13 consistently in my rankings to reflect the fact that he has that upside and he will continue to get utilized in his role from week to week as long as Dalton is the quarterback. They don't seem to do it when Winston's in there, but when Dalton's in there, they don't have a problem with it. Now, 
as a Kamara owner, I hope what we saw last week is what continues. But I do think Taysom Hill will get his crack at it again. What do you think, Danielle? I was actually going to go with Ingram originally. I mean, that being said, if Waller is hurt, if that's what we're talking about. Um, I mean, I feel like Ingram's been pretty good the last two weeks, at least. They're playing the Raiders, who are coming off of an absolutely atrocious game. So hopefully that continues for the Raiders and Ingram can get some passes. I feel like he is pretty cons- like pretty average for tight end numbers, puts up around like 9 to 11, I'd say, for this week. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad option. Uh, we'll get to Trey S's two questions. We'll get to those two questions, and then we'll finish out to be cautious of uh, asking – Start one out of A.J. Dillon, Kyle Pitts, or Devonta Smith. Kind of worried about the Eagles just running it down on Houston. Yeah, I I, I would be too. I'm not sure what oh, – with Don, okay, with Devonta Smith is what you're worried about. I get it, but I'm not going to play A.J. Dillon, who's clearly the backup running back to Aaron Jones right now because he's just not been as good. I'm sure as hell not going to roll the dice on Kyle Pitts. Devonta Smith is still a lock him in for me. Even if they run it down Houston's throat, one of the other, Smith or A.J. Brown, potentially both, but one of the other is going to have a good game. I'm playing Devonta Smith pretty much no matter what the rest of the way. But what about what about you, Danielle? Did I lose you? I think Danielle might be frozen at the moment, unfortunately. So, Trey, as I'll just get to your next question, also full point PPR, Devin Stigletary, Tyler Boyd, or Michael Carter – Thanks. Good luck this week. Thanks. And good luck this week to you as well. Uh, of that group, I am going to pro- full point PPR. I am going to probably start uh, Devin Singletary for this week of that group. Because again, like I said, Naeem Hines won't be up to snuff first week in. So you're going to have Singletary who will still lead the way in this backfield against a Jets team in a game in which the Bills could be up by a bunch. And we just officially lost Danielle's feed. Hopefully get her back before we close out the show. Um, in the meantime, so I'm going to play Devin Singletary with the usage he's seeing. I do have him as a top 20 running back this week. I do like Tyler Boyd. If you need the upside play, and that's more what he would be, but that's about it there. Uh, let's get this show wrapped up with our be cautious of, as we get Danielle back. Be cautious of. Let's get the right overlay on there so we can actually see her. Uh, be cautious of A.J. Dillon. So that's the other reason why I'm not playing A.J. Dillon. It's a match against Detroit. So people are going to think, well, maybe we can play him as a flex play. Last week, he was finally efficient, right? 5.4 yards carry, 10 carries, 54 yards against the Buffalo Bills, a much more difficult team. And we've been talking all night how we think the Packers might be able to lean on their newfound identity and hopefully stick with it in the running game. But as I alluded to, A.J. Dillon just has not looked good. And Aaron Jones... For a team that just needs offensive weapon is just way ahead of AJ Dillon right now. He's the he's their slasher, he's their big playmaker, whether it's the passing game or in the run. I still cannot play AJ Dillon on his own. But what about you, Danielle? I think we lost Danielle again. Just having some uh just having some trouble. Hopefully we get her back. Let's get so I'm not playing AJ Dillon. So let's move into Campbell and Alec Pierce. I already talked about Michael Pittman. Now, at least Michael Pittman had nine targets to his name on what was still a very anemic offense trying to be run by a quarterback that at four nine speed, I'm trying to be, I'm being told is mobile 
which I don't understand because, no, he's not. <laughs> like, did you see the RPO action? He barely got past the line of scrimmage before he was getting smacked. This is not a run-em, dual-threat quarterback. If they keep treating him as such, I mean, maybe that's, that's, that's Frank Reich's big, brilliant plan. Maybe if he treats him as a mobile quarterback, he'll get him hurt and then have no choice but to get back to Matt Ryan. At least I think that might be what he's getting at there. But as a result, though, with the limited amount of volume, not playing Alec Pierce, not playing Paris Campbell, I know he had been on people's streaming radars before, not anymore. Danielle, do we have you back? Yes, I hope so. All right. Good, because you get my next question. So Tyler Conklin, he had a nice game last week. Everybody's dying for tight ends with a pulse. But from a snap count percentage, since CJ Usama has come back, it's been about 55-45. By the way, not just 55-45 in favor of Conklin, that has actually gone back and forth as who's getting that little majority of work over the other. I think Conklin, Conklin is a trap heading into this week, coming off a game with 11 targets. What do you think? Yeah, I think people are going to absolutely jump at him because he had 25 fantasy points against New England last week. I would not be going for that going into the Bills. That's definitely not going to happen again. I was a fluke. Everybody has that one great breakout game that everybody's like, oh, this is our new tight end. That's going to be absolutely insane. He's going to be the new Travis Kelsey. Not true. Probably going to get you about seven or eight fantasy points to be likely. All right. So we're going to get to one last question before we wrap up the show tonight. We got Travis Unlimited. He's asking Gabe Davis or Scary Terry in his flex start one. Gabe Davis is in my lock him in. He's in the top 20. I know he's boomer bust, but the great thing about Gabe Davis is this. Because he's boomer bust on a Bills offense that throws the ball and makes big plays the way that they do, his boom games are much more frequent, which is why he's not a wide receiver three boomer bust like I would normally make players like him. He's a wide receiver, too, in my book, because they are much more frequent and put together. The other thing is this. The Jets play zone. Gabe Davis has gone off every time he has faced zone defense so far this season. So that's the other reason why I'm going with him. I know Scary Terry has been a little bit better than maybe even I originally thought he would be with Taylor Heineke back in and Curtis Samuel being involved. But I am still going to take the upside of a Gabe Davis, especially when you have Diggs and T. Higgins already. You have very good wide receiver. So why not go for the pop? What would you do, Danielle? I would probably go for Davis, like you were saying. I mean, he's on the Bills, and I feel like there's not a bad piece of the Bills offense, especially when your quarterback is Josh Allen. So I feel pretty confident in Gabe Davis. All right, fine. Carlos, we'll get your question in here real fast. Khalil Herbert or Jamal Williams this week with PPR? It's Jamal Williams for me because we don't know the health of DeAndre Swift, who's not practicing today. Right, Danielle? Yes. All right. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Remember, come back tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern. we got the Clairvoyant Thursday, the second half preview of Week 9, and we'll be back on Friday at 10 p.m. for the Cashing Friday as well. Danielle, we want people to follow you at real quick. You can follow me at Twitter at Danielle Dubois, just straightforward like that, or on Instagram, Danielle underscore dub. All right, guys, we'll see you tomorrow night, everyone. Have a great evening. (laughs) 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.